0: Guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Talk Bible to Me podcast. Oh, I'm Megan. We have not introduced ourselves. The past couple. <laughs>
1: that was like the most. <laughs> oh, this is Doubtfire. <laughs> oh, hello,
0: dear. <laughs> I you just me Doubtfire. <laughs> I'm Megan, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host
1: Emily Richardson. I don't know why in my last
0: name. Uh, Rawlings. I'm Megan Rawlings. Oh, there we go. Um, and if you have tuned in the past couple weeks and didn't know who we were, it's <laughs> us. <laughs> and we were, we're just guys. discussing our backgrounds and where we're from. So, if you could be, if you could have any accent from anywhere in the world, Emily, what
1: accent would you choose? British, for sure. So pretty. No, well, okay. If I spoke any language, it would be French. We're just going back to what we talked about the other – was it last episode or the one before where I would travel to? France, England, just – I'm as basic as I could probably be. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What schmancy-fancy one would you
0: take, then? South African because nobody knows what it is. If you speak with a South African accent, people are like – is she british she american with a speech impediment what's happening like (laughs) it's such a unique accent and like they say certain words like it sounds like it sounds like american english on certain words and there's other words it sounds like british english and then there's other words you're like i don't know what that is
1: (laughs) you just want to be different, different than anybody else
0: Eh, I'm just kidding. If I could have any accent, I would definitely. Russian. Oh. No. I've got Russian. I can do a Russian accent. Let's hear it.
1: <laughs> you can't claim it and not do it. <laughs>
0: I am Russian. I can do any accent. As you say that so boldly. I, yeah. Give me, give me a challenge. I'm ready for this. Okay, go British first. Hello, governor. <laughs> French. French. Cheerio. French. <laughs> oh, wish you like bread. but you will knock down our wall
1: (laughs) I am a french bee (laughs) she clearly grew up on veggie (laughs) tails okay give me another one (laughs) one. (laughs) Australian for my daughter it's her favorite accent rise up lights And this is the point where you all listening are now. I think I, I think I've had enough. Oh, to talk okay. about a podcast. <laughs> I
0: used to watch YouTube videos on how to have accents. <laughs> it was, it's for Australian. Say, rise up, lights. Rise,
1: rise up, up,
0: lights, and that sounds like razor blades. Ready?
1: Oh, my gosh
0: listen for razor blades rise up lights <laughs> like, try it rise up lights see now we sound australian but that's all you got that's it that's all you got kind of like my only accent for the french is like a stereotypical <laughs> laugh from the 18th century like <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure women didn't do that either. They were like, <laughs> 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 I just think of like the feather duster and Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's not what I think of the French at all, actually. Like, I really admire the way French women take care of themselves and like present mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Where, I google you look at my pinterest it's all french makeup like what do french women do to look so pretty
1: they do they're oh, they're so uh, so pretty oh man and with that you know what definitely. else is really
0: you know what else is really pretty the lord's love for israel let's well, say you beat me she to it but it i wasn't in. gonna let
1: you have it She's done it again.
0: Hey, listen. Oh, I am. I am two for twelve right now. Two for twelve. <laughs> Good thing this is chapter eleven. Uh, I was counting the intro. Oh,
1: oh! Okay.
0: I couldn't even segue the intro. I'll give it to you. Mm. I'll give it to you. Cool. So let's go into Hosea chapter eleven. Rise up, lights. <laughs> I'm gonna be like I'm gonna be reading from the New Living Translation, and I'm gonna start in verse one. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and I called my son out of Egypt. And I'm gonna read what D.A. Garrett said because I thought this was really interesting. And I really like D.A. Garrett's commentary on Hosea, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. I might have. I also <laughs> use the NIV application. I like to use multiple, but like his I love. <laughs> um yep. Many interpreters observe that the idea that Jesus fulfilled Hosea 11:1 corresponds to the typology that one finds throughout Matthew in which Jesus recapitulate recapitulate mm. <laughs> recap I can't help you there. I
1: don't I don't know
0: recapitulates the story of Israel. If you guys want to know what that word is, you can check out our Patreon. What a great segue. <laughs> on Patreon, you get to look at the behind the scenes, check out our notes, and see how we do what we do. This also includes how did we come up with our designs? How did we decide what book of the Bible to write a Bible study on? And how did Emily get involved in the Talk Bible <laughs> to Me podcast? I'm telling you, it was a God thing. Five, that- four five four i said by force but i'm yeah force (laughs) of the holy spirit so anyway (laughs) if you guys will check us out on patreon because this is how we fulfill fund, and sustain our ministry along with our store online. You can buy our Bible studies. We have great merch. It's really exciting um, to be part of. And so we're asking you to partner with us. And you can do so at patreon.com forward slash the bold movement. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the bold movement. Now back to our podcast. In which Jesus recapitulates, recapitulates, (laughs) I don't know why I can't read this word because I was so excited to use it when I wrote it. Well, copy and pasted it, rather. (laughs) The story of Israel. Jesus was 40 days in the wilderness, just as Israel was there for 40 years. Jesus gave his law on a mountain, just as God gave the Torah on Sinai. Jesus miraculously fed his followers in the wilderness, just as Moses gave the people manna. As such, it is hard it hardly is surprising that Matthew could see a parallel between Jesus' departure from Egypt and the striking line in Hosea out of Egypt, I called my son.
1: That's awesome.
0: That's all I got for one.
1: I love I love seeing the connection between Moses and Jesus and the Old Testament and Jesus. I mean, it took me a long time to learn. I mean, I was not raised to understand the connection between the Old Testament and and Jesus. I, I just didn't know. I didn't know that it all pointed to him. So when I figured that out, it was like the most mind-blowing. Oh, so good. So good. And it changes. It changes everything about the way you read the Old Testament. And it should be even just a reminder, just in this episode, everything that you read, everything that you read in the Old Testament, it all points back to Jesus. So if you're struggling through a certain section of scripture, just remind yourself to like look for Jesus in that. What is it? How does it point to Jesus? How does it point to the cross? How does it point to what he's done for us? So that, I just got on a little tangent, but I love that. Facts. I love some typology.
0: Um, You ready to go to verse two? Yep. Cool. Verse two, but the more I called to him, the farther he moved from me, offering sacrifice to the images of all and burning incense to idols. This is a continuation of the pagan practices that they're doing within the Israelite camp to Baal. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's just a continuation. Like, dude, can you guys not catch a hint? (laughs)
1: Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And um, I forgot to mention in verse one, um, it's kind of, that's an adoption. Um, He called Israel his son. Um, and this is a picture of him adopting, you know, his people as his own. And so it really makes verse two, all the more, um, devastating because the more he called and loved his children, his child, the further they pushed God away and ran to other things. Uh, and it's, it just makes it sad to think about that. He chose them. He adopted them. And if you have adopted, I've not personally adopted. Um, but I know so many that have, and the story of, what that what that means to be chosen to be chosen by somebody and then you know the idea of them pushing them away afterwards
0: absolutely why don't you take the next section
1: sure i have um three through four perfect yet it was i who taught ephraim to walk i took them up by their arms but they did not know that i healed them I led them with cords of kindness, with the bands of love, and I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws. Again, that conversation about the yoke. If you go back to our last episode, you'll hear a little bit more about what that means—the whole yoke thing. Um, and I bent down to them and fed them. Uh, and I, this, this section for me again. I, I went back to that idea of parenting. It's such a beautiful but sad picture of God's fatherly love for Israel that God dealt gently with them he taught them from their their spiritual infancy how to follow him and he walked with them it says he taught Ephraim how to walk I took them up by their arms I mean you think of a parent I mean actually I'm sitting here I have a picture of my um, me and my husband and my son when he was little when I was pregnant with my second one and he's his hands are holding both me and my husband's hands and we're like walking him along and just like this it's my favorite picture but that's the picture of what God is showing how he is with, with Israel, that he had that fatherly love of when you see a parent walking their child along, teaching them how to walk, and then they grow up and they turn away from him and how devastating that is. So, but he was still so gentle with them, even in spite of their sin, he was gentle with them.
0: Yeah. And in verse four, I led Israel along with ropes of kindness and love. It's like, something to follow along like Mm -hmm. a rope lays out a pathway i lifted the yoke from his neck last week we talked about the heavy yoke versus the light yoke um and he stooped to feed him which is sort of indignant almost instead Mm. of just like throwing the feed down to like stoop down to that lower level to like make sure Mm. they're it's that kind of uh visual happening yeah so okay Um, 5 through 7. Okay. But since my people refuse to return to me, they will return to Egypt and will be forced to serve Assyria. War will swirl through the cities. Their enemies will crash through their gates. They will destroy them, trapping them in their own evil plans. For my people are determined to desert me. They call me the Most High, but they don't truly honor me.
1: Oof, Mm -hmm. what do you got? Um... So I have a note says the consequence of Israel's sin, which had been compounded because the people persisted in it, despite God's continuous grace, like a parent who's graceful with their child, loving and patient and even forgiving of something only to have the child turn around and do the same thing over and over again. So, again, I kind of have more of that same with the parental. um, And that was a quote from the Expositor's Bible commentary as well, um, that they he had done all of this for them. Um, but they were bent on turning away from him. No matter what he did for them, they they were resistant to him.
0: Yeah, they're stubborn and they're consistently turning away from God, um, which is crazy. Um, and, and if you are in ministry at any capacity, I want you to really pay attention to this. Um, if you notice, if you've been in ministry for any amount of time, it's the people you invest the most in that turn the quickest. Mm-hmm. So it's the people that we have just poured ourselves into and mm-hmm. we have constantly been trying to meet their needs. We've taken all the phone calls, we've showed up to all of the crisis, and then something happens. They're like, it just feels like, I should say, they're the yeah quickest to turn on you almost and i Mm -hmm. don't know if that's because like you've seen them at their most vulnerable and they don't like having someone who's done i don't know what is there i don't know why that is like that um but here i'm kind of seeing that with god as well it's like he's invested so much into israel Mm -hmm. and he's just given and given and given and it's like oh a shiny new god let's go follow that guy Mm -hmm. um and that's just kind of what this the scene and setting reminds me of.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I was once told that the families that move you in the fastest when you first move to a new church or like in leadership, the ones that are there helping you move in are usually the ones that turn on you the quickest. And it was, it was like um, – it was on a Facebook page pastor's wives page that I saw that and it was comment after comment after comment of pastor's wife saying yep the people that moved me in yep the people that moved me in those are the ones that left and it's super sad I mean like we experienced some of that ourselves and it's sad to think about but I think that's the the nature of sin that we we do the same thing we get close to God but then in our in our comfort once we're comfortable we don't feel like we need him anymore. And so we turn to the things that are more comfortable and don't demand as much out of us. Mm. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Um, I have eight and nine. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, how can I give you up Israel? How can I let you go? How can I destroy you like Adma or demolish you like Zeboim? That sounds <laughs> Zeboim. <laughs> that sounds like a name from like a, uh, Scientology or something. <laughs> it does. My, yeah. My heart is torn within me and my compassion overflows. No, I will not unleash my fierce anger. I will not completely destroy Israel for I am not, or for I am God and not a mere mortal. I am the Holy One living among you and I will not come to destroy. A um, couple things. One, in Numbers, there is a passage and it says like, God is not a man. He's not... Uh, mortal that he lies or needs to find excuses like things. I wish I had that written down. I don't, but it reminded me of that passage in numbers. And then um, when God is asking these questions in the beginning of verse eight, how can I give you up Israel? How can I let you go? Um, these are not, I don't want this to like hint at God being confused like, he's mm-hmm. wrestling with, what do I do in this situation? Yeah. Rather, it's a cry, uh, as G.B. Smith says, he cries out in the anguish of love. Hmm. Um, and so he's simply expressing the emotional intensity of his love mm-hmm. um, in a way and in human terms so that his audience can appreciate it. And so I just wanted to, like, make sure we understood and drew those lines for why God was uh, – talking in such a way and questioning in such a manner.
1: Yeah, I have my, um, the Expositor's Bible Commentary. I feel like there's an easier way to say that, EBC. I loved this. It said that these verses, um, 8 through 9, are like a window into the heart of God. They show that his love for his people is a love that will never let them go. And I love that idea of these verses being, a window into the heart of God, how much he loves them. That it's, it's rhetorical questions that he's asking here. It's not like, how can I give you up? It's how can I, like, it's not meant to be answered. It's not like he's, like you said, wrestling with it. So, um, and then I also have for verse nine, um, for I am God and not a man, the Holy one in your midst, and I will not come in wrath, uh, And my note said, because God is holy, he does not let passion or bitterness govern his decisions. He promises wondrous blessings on the people if they will follow him. Um, So he's, again, it's not based off of emotion. This is not off of his passions or his anger or his bitterness, even of the people going against him. It's off of his sound mind as a holy God.
0: Absolutely. That's, (laughs) I am so human. (laughs) 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 oh that just keeps reflecting on how human i am um verses 10 and 11 for someday the people will follow me i the lord will roar like a lion and when i roar my people will return trembling from the west like a flock of birds they will come from egypt trembling like doves they will return from assyria and i will bring them
1: home again says the lord you might be able to hear my daughter in the background if anybody's hearing that little mama she woke up so (laughs) excuse it for a minute (laughs) what you got
0: uh i just have that the ultimate plan plan a because there is no plan b with god is that Mm -hmm. um he restores uh his ultimate plan is to restore his Mm -hmm. people back to him and so um That's the plan all along. The rest of it is just kind of like, get your crap together, man.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's the beauty. I do. I love this, um, this chapter because it is, it's that, it's that reminder. And you'll see that throughout Hosea, that it kind of goes back to that restoration. There's all this destruction and all this punishment and consequence, but he always brings it back to the restoration. And that's the beauty of who God is, that it's, it's never, the punishment is never the final say, unless you don't choose him, obviously. But, um, it's his heart is for restoration for to be restored to his people so
0: well that's actually a perfect stopping place because i have the next verse or two to or the next verse 12 to go with chapter 12 so uh do you have anything else that's all i got Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We are so honored that you would join us every week as we work through uh, the Bible verse by verse. Please don't forget to check us out on patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash the Bow movement. This is how we make money so that we are able to do more podcasts like this and fun things and you get all that behind the scenes stuff. So Ladies, we can't wait until we see you next week as we dive into chapter 12. Emily, what do you got to say to him? Go out and be bold.